ready for your punishment, slave. I sometimes scream out, no. When really, I mean, yes. Yes, yes! And this is why we have the safe word. Until we hear the safe word, we will not stop. She's not a Christian! No! Safe Word with Jason Rouse. Hey, this is Jason Rouse, and welcome to the Safe Word Podcast. Today, my guest is David Hetty. How you doing, David? I'm okay. How are you, Jason? All right. Now, I saw you last <laughs> night when we ran into each other at the parlor, and you said it's been strange over the last little while. Yeah? What's been strange for you, David? What's been strange? Have you been... Because we <laughs> we'd first met in Toronto. Yep. Right? Yep. And then uh, we met it up, uh, you were in London when I was living there, and we, yeah. uh, we hang out, and then uh, now you're here in Los Angeles, yeah. but I haven't seen you since, I think briefly, since the trial. I think briefly, we said hello in the back of Yucks in Toronto. In Toronto. But that's it. I mean, really, it was London was a, that, I don't know if, yeah, that was a weird, that was also a strange time. Most times were strange. You do, if they're do all you attract strangeness? Do I attract it? No, I think I create, help create. No, it's in, my, it's in the head. If it's all strange, though, maybe it's not strange because then how do you qualify something? It's like, like how do you know what it's like to have had? Anyway, go, sorry. This yeah, no, 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 I understand. What might be strange to you might not be strange to somebody else. Or if it's all strange, how can you say it's strange? It's like saying life is something, but no, you can't You can't define it. You, you can't, can't define it. You can't qualify something. That's what it is. You don't, why give it a, you know? Let me rephrase it then. What, what's made you cry over the last year? <laughs> <laughs> indeterminacy, uncertainty. Indeterminacy? Indeterminacy. Indeterminacy. You've got to keep in mind, uh, David, I was educated in the Hamilton School District. Okay, all right. So you got to uh, clean it up, um, as we say, at ignorant town. Stuff. 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 <laughs> you don't have to, I'm not a simpleton. <laughs> <laughs> That's, so so uh, there's been some conflict. Well, there's no Conf, there's no. I think you're reading con- into my comments too much. <laughs> yeah, that's, okay. What's Sorry. happened? What what uh what led you to Los Angeles? What led me here? Like, Basically, I gave up my sublet. No, I, but I gave my sublet because I intend. Okay, look, I have no, I have no home. Okay, right now. Yeah, I. Neither do I. Yeah, I'm homeless. Well, I'm staying with friends, but it's planned <laughs> homelessness. I'm I getting see. ready to go on tour for a long period of time. Right, exactly. So this I, is constantly how it I'm is. I'm homeless, but be, by uh, uh, by necessity, I have to go work. And oh, by necessity. Point. Oh, and that's okay. Yeah, the other homeless, it's by choice. You know, which isn't so bad. What's the other? Yeah, those, that's their choice. You would rather be homeless by choice. No, I, no. I'd rather be choice. I'd rather be homeless by choice. Right, but you're not. You just said you're homeless by necessity. That's because I, I think I've had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good to uh, to go. You you're a bit of a gypsy. Totally. What is it? What What does your family think? Oh, here we go. Uh, I I they come to terms with this. I feel more. Yeah, they the, come. Yeah. Because you, uh, your parents probably had expectations. Oh sure. I mean, they didn't leave. Eastern Europe, so I could sort of be, a, you know, a, not a metaphorically a gypsy. That's the that's the last a, thing. Second uh, to uh, literally a hilarious drifter, right? <laughs> and then we come, we we record conversations, and that's supposed to be something. That's 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 a life. That's that that's being a human being. That's true. We're being human beings right now. My goal is to make you cry in this podcast. That's the. Oh, uh, it doesn't take much. It's been a rough year for me too. <laughs> no, no, really. Oh yeah, this the last thirteen months. I made a, a commitment to myself to stay here consistently for a year. 
and no matter what and uh to go and weather the storm of 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 the lack of repetition of performing like you remember what it was like in england i know we hung out like a bunch of times yeah there's gigs all the time in front of audiences well you don't really get that kind of there's none of that here there's there's three clubs a handful of uh um b rooms and stuff like the parlor great place full You get some high-quality talent come through there and then some up-and-comers. All right. And then the open mic circuit is 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 oh. soul-destroying. I've I never... Yeah. Yeah, you... you uh, yeah, I don't know. You've only been here for a few days now, haven't you? I mean, nothing... No place makes you want to quit stand-up like like LA. Yeah, every time I meet somebody that says, oh, I'm starting comedy here in Los Angeles, I'm like, that Why? is so backwards. Like what's going on? I don't know what's going what's going on in, the, in their lives that mm-hmm. makes it that makes this a better place to be than, than anywhere else. It's I think it's the people want to be stand as close to the fire as possible, and they're not even sure why. You know, they, it's it's like moths to a, a light bulb. <laughs> There's an attraction. It's euphoric. It's addictive. People want to be here. No, I think that. There's a, I think there's a truer reason as to why I don't think a monster it's really. It's here. It's sunny. Okay, but it's sunny on. It's sunny everywhere. Oh, is, should we answer this door? Yeah, we can answer the door. Come on in. Yeah, the scene, the comedy scene here in Los Angeles is uh, is is is, is a, a, a weird entity on its own. And wait, is there a theme to your podcast? No, it's just called Safe Word. Mm. I'm going to ask you what your safe word is and what kind of animal would you like to ride. Really? Yeah. What kind of animal would you like to ride? I'd like to ride an ape. An ape? Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. A lot of people go like giraffe, uh, elephant, uh, bear. Oh, I thought it was a sexual thing. That's no, no, how no, I interpreted no, no, no. it. I thought it'd be nice to... He's on all fours. Yeah, You okay. can be underneath. There you go. You, you would fuck a gorilla? I wouldn't... F- I don't think I would... I think if I... I think if I had to fuck an animal... You do gorilla. You want something more as close to the human being as possible. Kind of. And like this... What about like a cockatoo or like some sort of bird? How many? <laughs> a cockatoo would tell, wouldn't it? Isn't that a joke about like you, you would a cockatoo? It's like it's like a pun, sort of like or three cocks. Well, cockatoo plus it's also a talking bird. I don't want to. I have no. I have no attraction to do a bird. Do you like animals? You mean like around me? Yeah. If somebody threw a cat on you, would you shriek like a girl? I would shriek like a, I would shriek like a like a man. <laughs> no, I don't like I don't like I don't like animals in, soci- in society. <laughs> I think look it's on your face. <laughs> I think it's yeah, they're dirty uh, and they're dirty. They're keep, assholes. Keep, keep them outside. Yeah, they shit in boxes in your but home. They should shit outside. They should totally shit outside. It's and, and it's, you can't walk a cat. People point. <laughs> Have you? No. No, I've tried to walk cats. Really? I had a business when I was in uh, high school. I used to I had a cat walking business, but it didn't really take off. <laughs> And, and and what kind of you, are you serious with the safe word are you talking about sexually or comedically it's more or less a, a, a observation on what's happening now with this politically correctness and there's nothing oh there's God. no safe words I got I got I, the first time I heard the term trigger word was when I was, did a set in Portland and I got the light at like three and a half minutes and I was doing very well it was a little shorter than you anticipated yeah <laughs> yeah it was you know it was longer than I would, would you get in LA uh-huh. but like over there you expect more than three it, and a half it, the light came on about 30 seconds later than when it came on in Vancouver <laughs> yeah, right. what's wrong with that coast Portland all the they're all PC because they don't understand what they don't understand like the, the virtue or the value of like freedom of meaningful expression yes and they feel as they're fascists essentially is that what that is they Basically. take moral high ground 
uh, to want to be the, the the good person in the audience. Yeah, and like in their perfect world, there are a million little safe spaces, and no one is talking to anyone but those who share the same ideas as them. And then they don't allow you to say certain words, even though how the the context counts and the exactly. usage counts, and it's so ignorant. It's completely ignorant. If you, you, you must know, how long have you been doing stand-up now? Uh, like eight and a half, nine years. Eight and a half years. So I've made an observation that over the last maybe seven years, I've noticed uh, more of a, uh, uh, um, we'll call it a, uh, the, 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 the politically correctness thing has been up in a swing over the last seven years. Where, mm-hmm. How far do you think it's going to go? I've noticed my income is affected. I notice it drastically right. due to politically correctness and club owners not willing to take the same risks or, uh, or more broader comedians. They want more pandering and more... Uh, um, uh, yeah, it's, there's no middle ground. I think maybe part of this is because I hate to always talk about like social media, but I don't think people's opinions really matter. Like, every, all, like Everyone's like, here I have a blog with this agenda. Or here this tiny, there's this tiny publication with this agenda, and their voice somehow matters. But mm-hmm. it doesn't. It doesn't. How did these things get momentum, though? That's what I don't understand. Why people get into, especially in the stand-up realm, there's been so many comedians who have been forced into legal situations when this is like Lenny Bruce shit. Like, I know. You know what I mean? Like, I know. I thought this, we fixed this shit. Like, Lenny did his time, so we could all, he was crucified for us. No one understands, because everyone thinks that, every, everyone feels that, everyone who's complaining about what others are saying they think that somehow they know what's true and right. These are the people who, like, start, uh, you know, like, these are the people who are behind revolutions. These are the people who become start Manson families. These are people who believe in, like, inf- like the infinite and absolute truths. And, they, and, and so they think they, they think they can silence other people. It's madness. This leads to, like, dictatorship. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. It's really mind-boggling. Like, it's like... I don't know. It's like one step forward, ten steps back. It's literally these conversations are should have been dead long time ago, but they've they, they're coming up more and more and more because it comes from this sort of like this this sort of uh, like parochialism where people don't travel, they don't get out. Like Traveling, yeah, that's like, key. Like if you know, if you're always doing sets in the Pacific Northwest, you're not going to have any sense as to. It's like living in a world that's like all black or all white or all Jewish. You don't have a sense of other people's values. Exactly. You, traveling, you know, it forces you, when you're traveling and you're in different places and different countries, it, it makes you pull back your bullshit. You know, it, it makes you f- focus on things that are important rather than your, your, what your friends are going to think because you've got no friends around you. You're, <laughs> right. you're in a completely foreign right. place. Sometimes language uh, is an issue. Could, English might not be the first language. And you've got to make your way through a day. Right, <laughs> and a lot of people, the idea of that—if you drop them out of an airplane in in China or something like that—they probably have a panic attack. Thought they were right. going to have to come off the plane shooting, or you know, all this 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 uh, stereotypical uh, uh, propaganda bullshit. But I think what's interesting, like what I I said this I said this in, in many sets after Portland, after jokes developed after that. I said what I think stand up is is sort of like the most artful way of telling a room full of people to go fuck themselves. Yeah, and so what I think what that demands is to understand each room's values and their limits and their lines, and you're playing with them. Like I don't, I don't give a shit whether you're, what you know, you're a group full of like, 
lesbians or people with one leg yeah. or or you know you're you make over no, yeah. 40 grand a year or it, whatever it's its own consciousness as a whole you can't have individual uh, ideas and stuff within the context of the audience you have to be that 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 entity that that works together yeah for the cause of the, the for the humorist yeah for the humor for the humor you have to sort of screw with the values of that room and that space no group's values are more sacred than any others definitely definitely you can't uh, pick specific things and make that your own in your battle right then because then this whole then everybody of, puts up their hand and goes i got a gripe too and i got and then there's no more comedy exactly you know that whole thing like you know they took they they took for that that poem first they took away the someone and no one spoke up and then they took you know that joke i'm, I'm, I'm not a joke sorry it's a I, poem yeah um, I'm fam- vaguely familiar with it. Yeah, it's like first like, they came for the communists and no one spoke up, and, and then they came for, and no one spoke up from anyway. And I feel like this like first no one spoke for the child molestation jokes and no one spoke for these jokes, and all of a sudden you can't say anything, and it's so antithetical to the whole idea of comedy that comics are saying to other comics they can't say something. Yeah, it's insane. you should be fired. You should be fired. Like you know, you should be you should be exiled. <laughs> From the comedy community, yeah, not protected in your own your own cocoon. Yeah, it's insane. But we're here. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're really in the belly of the beast. That's why we're. That's why you we're here. Why? Why? Why are you here? Besides the uh, obvious reasons of good weather and uh, show oh, business. Yeah. Uh, why else? Because I I kind of enjoy being homeless a little bit. I enjoy, yeah. like you know, last night I came up to you. I was like, I have no place to sleep. Yeah, it was like midnight. It was midnight, and that sense of like anything can happen, I enjoy. But I think the thing is that I, f- I think, like just doing shows up the coast, all the way up to BC. Okay. And it's a it's a luxury. It's a weird luxury. Like it's it. There's tons of anxiety in not knowing what we're going to sleep. But, sure. But the older I get, the time the more tired I am. Like I have my whole you know kit with me on my on my on my shoulder bag. Yeah. It's exhausting. Oh, totally. Your back. You. I've got back pains. I've, you know, I've tried to do some yoga to kind of bring that down a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I've got a, uh, between having my wallet in my back right pocket and carrying right. a, a, you know, a 30 pound bag up and through airports, and you just constantly, I, you know, this backpack's been all over the world with me and uh, has right. been my best friend for a lot of these trips because that's all you got. And you, you literally walk around with your house on your back for long periods of time. But it's kind of beautiful. Oh, it's great. Like, I like the idea that when I, I don't like that, I mean, you know, I, I mean, the notion that when, when, you know, I die, I pass away, it'll be very easy to sort my affairs. I think it's a nice thing for others. Yeah, all your shit will fit in one bag. <laughs> Basically. And then they'll put the shoebox that you've been burned in inside of there and then we'll be there. Who do you think is going to be laughing harder at your, at your funeral? Wait, harder? Are you giving me options? <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you, how do you envision your funeral? Do you, are you fantasize about it? Do I fantasize? I do. No? I think about you dying all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Wait, we'll get back to this. You know what I fantasize about sometimes? Of reading out a victim impact statement in court. A victim impact statement. Yeah. So like, their their uh, their affidavit or how they felt about the crime that was committed against them. Like yeah, like no, yes, or but for me it's always like something horrific ha- was done to someone member of my family, and I'm like, what? How could I best communicate how I feel and also what's right, but also kind of like you know def- like sort of do be some- sensitive to the situation yeah and like be a good family member I can see you standing up in a silence courtroom and you you looking at it going this really happened you know where is the guy 
Is it you? Holy fuck, buddy. Okay. <clears throat> wow. Blah, 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 blah. And then you, and then you get into, a, 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 you own it so much that it turns into a hilarious monologue. <laughs> Even the guy who was raped is laughing. That would be, that'd be terrible. That would be terrible. <laughs> if they learn something, maybe. Yeah. But there's some, what is it? Uh, time... Uh, p- pain Ca- and time equals time plus tragedy. Tragedy plus time. Yeah, equals comedy. Equals comedy. So maybe it, it. You know, you look at the date. Go, come on. This happened like eight <laughs> months ago. Let's let's give it up. <laughs> no, but I mean, I really wonder because I think that I would want to make the person feel bad because they did something terrible to my family, my loved one. At the same time, though. I don't know their circumstances. Yeah. Like victim impact, like it's so, it's so, anyway, this is, it was a political conversation, but it's so dumb to me when like victims sort of feelings are taken into consideration in, you know, in the sentencing process. I don't mean to be controversial here on this podcast. Sorry, my mind wandered. I saw a squirrel run through the room a minute ago. But you're now here in Los Angeles. (laughs) Wait, you're saying fantasizing about my funeral? No, do you think about your funeral? I think about your. Fu- I think about everybody. I think about killing people. That's what do I'm. Do you honestly? At. I fantasize about it. And you fantasize about your own. Fu- fantasize about your own funeral. Yeah, there's a lot of fantasy in my life. <laughs> I spent a lot of time on my own, rocking back and forth are, on a, a blood soaked mattress. Is there anything actually being recorded here? With a, uh, oh no, no, this thing hasn't been worked in years. There are no, there are no mics here, you know. No, no, there's a camera in here. We're going to turn this into Shutter Island in about two minutes. And how long are you in uh, Los Angeles for? Two days. That's it. Yep. Why so short? We're, I don't like. I don't like it here. <laughs> really? Where are you off to now? Then I'm going to San Francisco and Sacramento. I'm doing like a little mini a tour, actually. That's cool. Yeah. Can we? Yeah. 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 How's that? Uh, what were you uh, performing? Chico, Sacramento. Chico, Sacramento. Where else? The third place. I don't know where. Anyway, I didn't set this up. Another guy, like you know, sort of on this comedy label. Uh, Stand up records. Yeah. 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 Because, you know, anyway, you know, because my, my album. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah, let's uh, give your album a little Might plug. as well, sure. What's it called? Where can I find it? It's called It Was Okay. It Was Okay. An album of comedy by David Hetty. Recorded in a, uh, a pub in Montreal. Yeah, a speakeasy. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was a, it was a nice See, time. don't you see that that's also, I think, trending in comedy, too? It's becoming like a dirty secret. So you got to do it in a, like anything that's controversial or anything. You're subjected. You're 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 uh, you're exiled to speakeasies. You know what I mean? You, yeah. You couldn't. Uh, it's you could, but uh, to an unknowing audience, for you to an hour material at the Laugh Factory doing what you do, right. they'd be like, no. They it, you you may they may as well walked on the uh, on stage with an exotic animal. They wouldn't know right. how to register it. But that's which is why I bomb there. <laughs> But that's kind of the beautiful thing. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to go into like. Are you glamorizing the 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 the, uh, the being a leper of show business? I'm saying that there's some romance to it for sure. Totally, there's romance until you can't feed yourself anymore. Then you're totally. like, okay, I'm done with this. Maybe yeah, for a week <laughs> until uh, you do your next show, and then some money comes in. Okay. Yeah. 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 You get your. You find you have to. But this helps you find your niche. Like that's what you need to find. And I think that, like you're saying, you create your own audience. I mean, these comedy clubs basically cater to. It's like the like the McDonald's sometimes of comedy. Sure. Not all the time, but sometimes. And so I can't, I can't, I can't begrudge. I can't begrudge an audience member. No, who's not, not intended for me. Yes. Totally. Totally. I've never been angry at uh, people. I just anybody that's been disappointed or angry or 
upset after the show it's like i get it like i can see why you, this is right. not for you you know you've clearly been tricked into something right and uh i didn't uh want to go out of my i wasn't going on my way to hurt your feelings but in the context of the jason rouse show no one's safe including myself everybody is up for it and i try and create that environment where everyone is is just as abused as, as anybody else in the audience but then, a stockholm syndrome <laughs> But then what happens when the audience is on your side or they know who you are and they're in on the joke? Does that, that then David, ruin the joke? Uh, I don't know if you've seen my show, but the audience isn't always, if anything, not entirely on my side. I always create the tension. What about that? I saw you at, what's the hard, what was it on, on Dundas, just by Bathurst. Oh, the hard luck bar. The hard luck bar. I yeah, those, were, those, those guys were, were there for you. Yeah, those were fans. That was something I put together specifically uh, and I attract that type of audience, which is difficult uh, I was, yeah, that was difficult for a lot of reasons that night. Okay. But, um, yeah, in certain places I do have, a, uh, I can draw, I can set up my own events and have a, uh, my audience come specifically for me. But that also uh, has been a gift and a curse because you want people to come and see you, but I also need a certain dynamic of the room to not know right. the yin to the yang for me to paint the picture that I need to paint. Right. I've heard before what's more interesting about like with me, like uh, some people say, I don't like watching you when you do stand-up. I like watching the audience. Yes. A lot of people bring that up, and I, I don't know how to take that anymore because it's become a common theme. Oh, like, you, get, oh, you get that too, obviously. Oh, constantly. Yeah, totally. Oh, is this what they say about you? They yeah, but I've also heard someone say this when Rouse is performing. Watch don't watch people. him, watch the audience. Yeah. The reactionary stuff is, is, can be quite hilarious, especially from my point of view, where you see completely people who've come together having completely different reactions. Yeah. It's very split. And you, you deal with that, too, I, I'm sure of it. Yeah, totally. Oh, can I tell you about those one like beautiful response I got from a joke? For, yeah. Okay. I was, at a, I, was, I was stoned, she was stoned, so whatever, but like this person who sort of does a little bit of stand-up, uh-huh. and it was a First Nations joke I had. Uh-huh. I didn't know and she did some stand up and she was like half First Nations and I was like I'm going to try this joke she's very like politically conscious uh-huh. intelligent said, tell- yeah 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 and so I told like the first sort of like prop- the first sentence and she's like immediately no like no and, this, and then in the second proposition she's like no, like preposition proposition like statement like you know thesis thesis and then the punchline sure and the second one she's like no and then the punchline she's like Oh, and Isn't then she smiled and like covered her face, yeah. and I was like, "You were so opposed to the first line and the second line, and the third line got you." That's the trick. That's beautiful. That's magical. Yeah. When you have a series of no's, yeah. and, then, and then the 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 reveal is so potent and and uh, and there, it, they they have no choice. That's it. and then there's that guilt of laughter. Oh man. Yeah. Oh no, I can't believe I just laughed. Yeah. Uh, there's some truth in it, and some some craft. Yeah. Yeah. And people like. And there are some people who will blanch at a, at a setup. I'm like, what are you doing? You're yeah. judging something on a setup? Oh, yeah, they've already got their picket signs on the table, blank, with marker ready to, to it, deal with. It's so ignorant. I can't, I can't believe it. Well, that's the problem. What, how do you see that? There's a, how can there be change? How can What's there be change? What's going to happen? People have to stop giving these complainers the uh, uh, like any any like Strength. understand yeah they have to stop looking at them with like sympathy mm-hmm. and be like actually this is not how like communication works that you listen to half of a thought and then you form a judgment yeah it's it's like everyone has their finger on the voting button and they're not really thinking having thing why they're doing it but 
Where, where's been good places for you to perform? Good places. New York was nice. London was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, like <laughs> but you started in Toronto or Montreal? In Montreal. There's really not much of a comedy scene there, is there? Montreal's a, I think, an amazing place to start out. Like, it's a small enough place where there's this real sense of community and people are really, like, open-minded and they're, like, now they're... They're progressive. They are. They totally are. Because there's this island. No one goes there. No one, like, they're so... It's, it's irrelevant, basically. And I mean that in a totally loving way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it gives you so much freedom. And you come out with people who are more daring, I think. Because the stage is there. People don't, don't care. There's nothing at stake. Yes. You can make mistakes in, in private... Yeah. And, and find yourself. We're, we're here, there's so much pressure and everyone's looking at each other to see who's looking at them and there's no growth in it. That's, mm. a, that's a great place to start in comedy in Canada in general. Okay. Is no one's paying attention. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, I don't think the CBC's even walked into the Yuck Yucks Comedy Club. And but that's what's really weird about this whole thing is that you have these, I don't know, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to be too down on Canada or anything like this. But. No, I'm very proud of Canadian. And uh, I'm glad that I always looked at it as a good college. Right. Is for comedy. You didn't go to comedy college, though, did you? Yeah, no. I, was, I was the first one on a scholarship. Did you? Are you kidding me? No, they, I wanted to learn how to write scripts. So uh, there was a summer program, and uh, Lauren Furlman was there. And Lauren had a... Do you know Lauren Furlman? No. He wrote for Richard Pryor... Uh, uh, Pryor's place and stuff so I liked his resume and I wanted to learn how to learn, write sketch and screenplay and sitcom so I took his class for the week Yuck Yuck sponsored me and then the program by the end of it I'm like I haven't really I've just got a taste of, of this screenplay I've only had been in this program for less than seven days and now I, I don't the tools are been shown to me but I don't know how to use them so I, I created a, a scholarship for myself how old were you when you got the scholarship uh, 30, 30, tw- 2000. I just did my comedy. No, it was 2000 because I, I graduated in 2001. And That's then that, so weird. I can't see you having enrolled in like a comedy school. I didn't. I didn't pay for it. I got a scholarship and then they asked me to leave. They tried to kick me out. And then I got, Why? Uh, then Lauren Michaels had brought me to New York to audition for Silent Live. Really? Uh-huh. But you're not like a character guy. No, but I'm very good stand-up, so that was enough to get uh, his attention. So what was that audition like? Uh, it was part of the uh, Phil Hartman uh, Awards, and uh, me and uh, about a dozen different Humber students got to perform in uh, Brantford, uh, where Phil Hartman's from. What? Brantford? Ontario. Phil Hartman is from is Canadian? Yes. Really? He's from Brantford, Ontario. I had no idea. Yeah. So they did at the Sanderson Center in Brantford. They had... Uh, I think uh, Lauren Michaels is there. Dan Aykroyd introduced me, and uh, I did stand-up, and then they brought me to New York a couple times. Didn't know what to do with me. <laughs> but it was cool. It was very cool. Hmm. But you're teaching. Yeah, I'm teaching some comedy writing. <laughs> <laughs> what are you at McGill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. It is cool because it's you're in a, a university in Montreal. There's tons of hot girls in Montreal. Is <laughs> it just true. is it uh, is it heartbreaking in the halls of a university in Montreal? It's kind of weird because I walk through there and I don't realize how old I am. I'm like, oh, like some of like they're like 18 year olds there, you know? Mm, perfect. Go on, I'm listening. And I just feel... oh, let me get my cock out. <laughs> Prescribe them more. I don't know. They have like very soft shoes on and nice computers out 
Soft shoes. Mm-hmm. Like practical. Soft winter boots. Soft winter. Impractical soft winter boots. Okay. But it's... Look, I like teaching the course. It's an interesting thing. People walk away and they say nice things. They've learned about... They see, you know what the nicest thing is? I, they say they've, I, they, like, I've ruined comedy for them. I could see that. I always you say like... You ruined it for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell them, I was like, if you, if you don't like comedy after this, I've done my job. That's a successful course in understanding what comedy is. Yeah, you're very intensive and, and serious about your uh, your business. Well, yeah. I mean, you want to give. You want to let them. If you see what's going on, if you get it, you're going to sit there and appreciate what's going on, understand it, or be critical. You're not going to enjoy it. Uh-huh. But yeah, I, when you when you take something beautiful and you put it under a microscope <laughs> and you just stare totally. at it under a microscope, and you're like, oh, okay, that's what it's made out of. Yeah, this one guy told me he can no longer enjoy his, his like the show he enjoyed before the class. Do you give him any any hope at the same time, or you just destroy everything that's sacred to them in comedy and then rebuild it in front of them? Or there's no hope. And there's no conclusion to the course. <laughs> Is that how it's built? With David Hetty. No hope and no conclusion. <laughs> it's a 14-hour class. <laughs> and they have a bunch of security guards that watch people for suicide. It's more like Jonestown Massacre. Everyone gets Kool-Aid at the end of it. And there are no grades. No one knows how they're yeah. doing. You know? No. And the class is completely taught in the dark. <laughs> Anyway, they like it. They like it. You know, that's, that's what, cool. Yeah. But at the same time, no, it's beautiful. It's a, it's a nice thing. I'm not going to complain. It's nicer to do comedy, you know? I mean, it, it shouldn't, I think it's nicer to make a living actually telling the jokes you like to tell. Mm-hmm. But that can't always happen. So It's difficult. And I think that's the hard thing to do is to maintain a unique voice. And it might not be a popular comedic voice, but um, at least it can be an honest one. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, what's the point of a happy comic? You know, I think if you're like a content comic, you're not really being, uh, you know, comically or comedically in your actual life. Yeah, you need to, the pendulum has to swing both both ways. You know, you have the the angst of life, and then you put it out in a positive way. Yeah, like I, if I try to anyway, <laughs> broken glass and blood all around it. <laughs> like if you were totally content in your li- in your you know in your living room in your or in your bedroom. Why, why would you come out and do, and do this? Yeah. I think once you lose any kind of memo, momentum or motion, you, you, you just the more you become grounded to the earth, you've got to keep moving. Everything's got to keep moving. Cause once you, I think that's why people die after they retire. <laughs> no, you know it's because I mean? they retire when they're very old. <laughs> yeah, but, but sometimes it happens like six months after they're dead. Is that true? Yeah, it happens a lot because huh. there's no value in their life anymore. Hmm. What do you value? What do I What's value? important to you outside of comedy? My time. Your time's important. That's basically what I don't like about doing anything else. I don't value very much. Not much means anything. And so that's why making fun of it is what's a value or interest, which is comedy. You like to rip apart things that people hold sacred and show them how insignificant it is. Basically. That's good. That's real good. <laughs> <laughs> Should open with this, you know. No. So what? Uh, what do you do outside of comedy, though? Do you go? <laughs> I go for I go for walks, and then I swim. <laughs> what kind of? What kind of? What's? Give me some best and worst case scenarios of some people you've run into on your travels. Hmm. I don't know. Last night I ran into some homeless guys. I'm clearly a homeless guy. On the bus, the buses here in Los oh, Angeles are, are so miserable. It's Mad Max. He come here. He, he comes on. He does the most 
loving, generous gesture. He holds open the door. He tells the bus driver, do not leave without this homeless woman. She's blind. He helps her on. He, like, opens up his, his like, his, you know, second secondhand suit vest. He pulls out, a sor- like, a little sandwich bag of pennies. He counts out a dollar worth of pennies and nickels and he gives it to this homeless woman because the transfer she gave to the driver had expired and she's like, I need it. And she has this little dog in this little dog carrying case. And it's... Two homeless people? I think she was like... I think he probably is like a shelter homeless person. He was an upgrade. He knew that... And they're done that. And he's kind of managing it a little better than the blind lady. Exactly. He knew the ropes. You know, he yeah. could get her on the system. And, and he might be... He's homeless, too. He's homeless. <laughs> Maybe he was looking for a fuck. Let me take this for you, lady. I don't I don't know. They, then they wouldn't have gotten on the bus, I feel. Then he would have... Neither of them would have gotten on the bus. What does it sound like when homeless people fuck? It probably sounds... You probably smell it before you hear it. <laughs> well, I, th- I bet it's... I bet they're both exhausted. Neither of them are probably fit and good fit in good shape. So it's kind of. But drug uh, uh, and drug, um, psychoactive drugs and um, mental illness like meth and schizophrenia, you could probably get a good hate fuck for uh, in a sprint. Wouldn't you be hating yourself at that during that during that fuck? Depending on where you are, are you the guy with the pennies or the lady without the pennies? Do you, what, you think one of them doesn't hate hate him him or herself? <laughs> I don't know if I could... Uh, I wouldn't eat out a homeless lady. I just wanted to get that off my chest. Wait, don't put this on record, so... <laughs> I wouldn't, you know, rob the hooker in Vegas. You did? Yeah. You robbed one? How? Um, went to, Dave, I did the... Performed at the... Um, or during the um, Porn Awards in Vegas. Okay. And uh, afterwards, I went to the Hard Rock Casino and... Um, got a whore uh-huh and the doctor doing what i wanted her to do for 150 dollars okay she should be ashamed of herself okay and uh the moral of the story is get your money first but what so i talk her and we jump in a taxi do you know the amazing jonathan no you don't know the amazing jonathan no no way i feel it. he's a prop comic he's retired he's dying right now unfortunately um but i stay at his mansion we're all dying right now and um I stay at his mansion in uh, in Vegas. He's got. He lives in a gated community. All right. So I bring this hooker back at four in the morning. Everyone's sleeping. I go into the room in the back, start drilling her three times. Wait, three she, times? Like you came twice? You came three I, times? I came three times. Really? You I can, can still a, do that? I'm like stealth fucker. I lay dormant like a crocodile, and then the the, the gazelle comes up to have a drink and gotcha, bitch. Mm, 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 mm. And then I roll over. Yeah, it's like a penis fly trap, if you will. All right. And um, so we have sex, and she goes, all right, I want my money. And I start pulling out, you know, America, $1 bills. I haven't seen a $1 bill. I'm not used to the management of $1 bills. Okay. So you always look like you got ten grand in your wallet right. when it's 30 bucks. Right. And I start pulling out the money and realize I'm about $37 short. She starts to put up a fuss. She doesn't want my money. Mm-hmm. I'm in my friend's home. And now I've got an angry whore. And apparently we're on a date now. So, I'm like, fuck it. Rouse, you fucked up. You got to eat this. All right, let's go out to the, um, through the security gates and we'll get a taxi over the okay. main road. So, we go through the security gates. She's standing on the corner fiddling with her phone. She's taking forever. I'm still drunk and just kind of like, fuck, the sun's coming up. 
And um, so uh, we're waiting. She's fiddling with her phone. I'm like, come on, just call a fucking taxi. Let's go. I don't know the number. Let's, let's get this going. I'm going to go to bed. She's filming. She goes, oh, I'm going to talk to the security guy in the booth and um, get him to call us a taxi. Well, when she turned to walk over to the booth, I hear a ee, and the security gate opens, and this nice Porsche pulls through the gate, and I made a conscious decision. I'm looking at the gate here, and she's going to come around the corner there, and I'm looking like this, back and forth, and in my mind, if she doesn't come around the corner before I can slip through that gate, bye, bitch. Really? And I watched... The gate started to close, and I hopped through the gate and never saw it. So how much money did you, did, you, did you leave her with? Zero. Zero? Zero. And so you I just... sort her asshole and a tear in her eye. Oh, man. <laughs> I know what her safe word was. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Hello? She kept going. I had my thumbs in the corner of her eyes while I was fucking the brown oh, out of her ass. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What a way to see yourself in the mirror. I'm like, oh my God, I'm related. Wait a second, wait a second. So why didn't you leave her with the, the 37 because short, knew, the 113? She's, she's a dumb whore in the sense that I didn't want to give her the 100 and, uh, odd dollars unless uh, I want to give her all months because she could say, oh no, you only gave me 100. Or Then you get this kind of argument of what I gave her and what I didn't give her all at once, pay her in full. But you're, the, the, the rule book says you get your money first. You know, I'm sure she's okay. So you, so you maybe you uh, having negotiated a good price and then screw screwed her over. You taught her a lesson in like the this, you know the easiest way in yeah. one, in one sense. I'm not. I don't really go out of my way to teach people lessons. Okay, but she didn't make it easy for me not to teach her a lesson. Wow. Mm. I like. I like. The, I like the Would high you and the low. Do no. Would you? I don't know. I mean, how can I answer this? I don't know. Maybe with 150 bucks in Vegas. <laughs> or, or none. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now a word from our sponsors. At Neville & Sons Funeral Home, their number one priority is serving their clients with love, compassion, and understanding. <laughs> Neville & Sons Funeral Home has been serving the people of the upstate for over 126 years. With Neville & Sons Funeral Home, they show great humanity and care that you take care of all of their clients. From the pre-planning of arrangements to the conclusion of the service, Neville & Sons takes the steps necessary to fulfill the wishes and needs of all of their clients. <laughs> Losing a loved one is always hard to deal with, but it is even harder to deal with without a plan in place. <laughs> Neville & Sons Funeral Home. For more information, call 864-904-2577. Neville & Sons Funeral Home. Go to www.jasonrouse.com backslash Skype and come and leave a voice message. If you like the show, tell me what you think. You can say, hey, I like the show. Tell me a story. You want some romantic advice. You want to know how to bury a body. Maybe you need a friend. They won't tell. I'll tell. I won't tell. I just want to, I just want to touch his skin. Jasonrouse.com backslash Skype. Now back to the show. What's your uh, what's your favorite kind of prostitute? Yeah, my favorite kind of prostitute, probably one who doesn't ask anything of me. Okay. I think what you would want. You want a mute? Maybe a deaf. No, deaf I want girl? someone totally capable of asking everything, but asking nothing. 
that's a nice thing. I feel if they can't if they can't ask for anything, what does it matter if they don't ask anything? That's true. Maybe they can uh, <laughs> blink or something. Like someone with like like no skin on, you know, like total all nerve endings. Ooh, and things are like terrible. Why for so them. sensitive here? <laughs> <laughs> here, let me just try out my new salt shaker. <laughs> ah! I don't know. I mean, what's the idea? I mean, Dating in here, for the record, has been the worst. In L.A.? Oh. Dude, I've had the, I almost had to call the cops. Girl broke, broke into my house and attacked me. I've had the worst luck in, in, in the, over the last 13 months. You know I tried I th- to date this girl from Hamilton. That went in the shitter. Um, started dating this other girl. Fucking nuts. Craziness. I just yeah. fucking... Them and their fucking... Yeah, but uh, Jason... Well, you're you're you have a weirdo life. Come on, yeah, what I kind know. of girls are you looking for? Mm. I'm getting I'm getting fooled. But what do you what do you want? No, what maybe you? maybe I'm maybe I so don't want to be alone that I'm overlooking the the major red flags and these bitches. I try and focus on the good stuff in people, but I don't know. This doesn't. I don't. I don't understand this this uh, this world. I mean, anyway, I don't. I, but you have to. Don't you understand? Don't you feel as though the deeper you get into this? The more like circumscribed your options become, circumscribed, narrowed, and as a comedian, yeah, yeah, I've tried to have my cake and eat it too. <laughs> you know what I mean? I really, uh, I, I like the idea of having a, a girlfriend, and because um, I do spend a lot of time on my loan, yeah, so I do like enjoying sharing company with somebody, just one other person. I'm not necessarily in conversation, but just okay. around. You <laughs> Things know? are clarifying this, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, like I remember some of my best relationships are just quiet individuals. You know what I mean? Right. Chatty girls are always turn me off, especially when they're just babbling nonsense. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Like, do you like? Do you do you do you, how long a life do you expect to lead? <laughs> I love how you stuttered to that and then looked me right in the eyes. It's like, what do you got? You got money on me, David? I have money. No, I have no money on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, uh, I have, I have a, pl- a plan, um, a certain duration of time, and then when certain thing elements that are in my life, I'll, I will take my own life. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but not, not, no, not anytime soon. I, this is probably okay. maybe in my, uh, maybe late sixties or seventies. Really? Yeah, that's okay. I'm gonna check out because I don't want kids, and uh, I just, I just, I've had a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I imagine. I imagine. I've been in, uh, I've had some wild times and I continue to do but this is the thing this is the thing like I feel as though I don't know people seem to be constantly building for something in, in the future which is totally fine like I get it mm-hmm. but I feel as though like I took this financial it, planning course once I think it gives an <laughs> idea of mortality I think when people accumulate things they think that, that that's going to extend their life you in think some so? while Oh, okay. Maybe. Okay. Like, I think that's why people have children. Because you... Wait, so why do they have, why do they have children again? So they have a sense of... More, like, there's something continuing. Oh, like posterity. Yeah. Maybe. But don't you feel... Yeah. I don't, I think, I don't... I'm not compelled to, to ha- live forever in some delusional context. You know what I mean? Right. Like... Well... I think, I mean, I also think people have kids though because they don't, it'll give, they think it'll give, it'll give them something to do in life. Like, I think it'll give them some sort of joy. And I don't mean necessarily in a, 
All right, I'm going to fill this out because Jason just took a huge mm. bite of his burger. Um, um, but but isn't doing isn't putting out something into the world like i.e. comedy a way of ensuring some sort of a legacy? It's my baby. Okay, right. You know what? Yeah. Okay, go on if you'd like. Yeah, my um, my muse is my my child. One time I had this, and it's cool because it comes and goes. How so? I'm not always in a, a euphoric state of creativity. Sometimes I'm actually present and uh, living life at its worst and its best. So when the baby comes, <laughs> it's all exciting and new. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I remember. I remember. I told this friend of mine who has two. Who's going to have two kids soon. I said, like, isn't like a selfish endeavor, like, to bring something something out into the world? He's like, uh, and he's like, you know what? And this is a lovely guy. He's like, you know, if I think if I it would selfish, like, selfish is like, like sitting in bed all day, you know, and like masturbating, basically. Yeah, mindless self indulgence. And I was like, you know what? That's pretty. That's pretty like fucking direct and and to the point. It's pretty. Um, I don't know. like. It's like a, a direct disrespect to. Uh, somebody's god just whack it off in a broom closet <laughs> in a dark broom closet yeah someone else's god maybe are you a religious man david no i'm not at all a religious man i know that's a weird uh <laughs> non-religious uh, people are like pretty popular in the comedy community in our community marijuana and atheism you know what's really nice really nice i think is getting stoned with other comics yeah it's cool it's kind of like it's it's like a powwow it's a yeah people don't care people don't, comics don't take things so seriously that's what's lovely about it and you're there in a, in a state in a state of mind that's not serious and you're with others who aren't taking things seriously and they're entertaining yeah and intelligent and, and like kind generally you know yeah yeah, yeah. and it, it can be very uh, uh, fun in that thing because you get an element of excitement and creativity and it's kind of like a comedy ball that's getting passed around somebody says something another person responds to that and it becomes a a frenzy of uh, 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 (laughs) self-sacrificing humor yeah and then somebody makes fun of the fat kid and everyone starts laughing (laughs) but again like it's nice to I don't know have some certainty like I don't know I think maybe I have a like I have a home having a home I think is a good thing <laughs> yeah, that's cool. One day, yeah, one day. But a whole most. That's why I've never bought. A, I've never driven a car. I knew if I had a car, it would bind me to, right. s- to some specific place, like a home. I know that sounds crazy to people listening, but I've never driven a car ever. Never owned a car? No, I've never driven a car. You never driven a car? I've never driven a car in my life. Weird. Drunk once in Sobble Beach <laughs> in '91. <laughs> From the Beckers down to the Hideaway Campgrounds. <laughs> that was it. I was so... Bl- Everybody was so wasted that I was the next person up, a non-driver, to drive this car. What else consciously have you avoided having or doing for this um, reason? What have I... Um, that's about it. <laughs> that's all I've avoided. Really, car. I, I kind of wear it as a badge of honor. I don't know if it's sick, sick or what, but... I don't. Uh, I have no interest in, in driving a car. I'd like to have a driver with a car, right? You know, and uh, do that. But uh, the idea of driving. Plus, I watch car accidents on the internet all day. Driving's fun, is it? Oh, totally. You're in control. Like you're controlling this machine around you. But I have this constant horror of me just running over children at a crosswalk. 
Because I, I, those I are so infrequent. I hit break. I got hit by a car on the sidewalk. Really? Yeah, <laughs> over by uh, on Sunset oh, on no. Orange. Yeah, I popped the curb and crashed and hit me. It just knocked me forward a bit. It wasn't, wasn't a thing. I was going to do the stop, drop, and roll so I could <laughs> sue them, but I was like, you know what? Fuck this. But, no, I'm not interested in driving. I like planes and trains. <laughs> this conversation, I don't, I don't care for her. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> you are, you're here for a couple more days. A couple more days. And then off to San Francisco. Yep. Have you been to San Francisco before? A couple times, handful of times. It's great, isn't it? It's so nice. Isn't it cool? It's yeah. very cool. It's the beautiful. hills are a bit of a pain in the ass if you're a walker. Right. But uh, it's pretty <laughs> badass. Those hills are steep, man. But it's like, they just, it's so, it's so enlightened. You meet such interesting weirdos, and people are so relaxed, and the beer is nice, and the outdoors are beautiful, mm-hmm. and it's so sensible. Good it's like, food. I don't. Is yeah, it? it looks like a, a city that's cut out a lot of bullshit. I think right. the hippie element of it and the, the the progressiveness of the that kind of time is the aftermath of it is now. Although, yeah, but I think it's getting a little too pricey. That's the one. It's, a, it's the most expensive place to live in the states. Is it? Yeah, more than New York. It's the it's what's Vancouver? I would assume would be more expensive. In, in I mean, Chicago. Silicon Valley. I mean, those guys have crazy yeah. money. I think it's. I don't know. I don't know. I think yeah. it's more expensive than Vancouver. I don't know. Oh, that's cool. You'll have fun in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. as you always do. Are we? This is the wrapping it up. This is the wrapping it up section. <laughs> no, no, we, we we still got time. All right. I thought do you have something to plug? Well, yeah, kind of. Can I say a weird thing? You can say all kinds of weird things. I have this very tiny podcast, yeah, which doesn't come out very often. Uh huh. And I basically ask people who know me well to come on and tell me what they don't like about me. That's what that was the. Uh, that's what the thing I made reference to. It wasn't a joke. It was about your podcast. Oh. Something about what people didn't like about you. Oh yeah. Okay. And you're okay. like, what people don't like me? <laughs> I'm like, no, oh, I think it's a joke. Right. And what, who have you had on? And what, what's some revealing things that you've had on your, uh, your podcast that um, people don't like about you? Yeah. One, one friend said that I, I, like, I demanded an apology from him that he felt was not warranted. Uh-huh. And, he, and it was a terrible... His excuse was terrible as to why he gave it. His girlfriend was there at the time and he didn't have time. Mm-hmm. Um, I am cheap. That's a thing. But sharing cabs and if someone's going that direction anyway, I'm going to make an argument as to why you should take me and I need not pay. Yeah. Um, one guy said I fucked his ex-girlfriend. Did you? Well, yeah, but they were ex. They were ex, and it wasn't. It was so crass, and you can you can parse it however you like. You know, we sl- we slept together. Why? I mean, that he's trying. He's trying to be. You know, sort of. Did you Did you fuck her face to face and go? What's the guy's name? The girlfriend you banged. I can't. I shouldn't say Is this. It Brian Hat. No. <laughs> no, I, I I got a lot of trouble from this girl actually for no reason at all. But she, you know, after you had sex or while after you the were podcast, on top of after her? the podcast. Oh really? Yeah, and it's totally ludicrous. But that's just one. That's just one. Thing. Anyway, it's called it's called I have a problem with David Hetty, mm-hmm. and I just think it's a funny. It's a little thing. Like it's not intended to get big, but I think it's interesting. That's all. Cool. And yeah. your album's called. It was okay. It was okay. Yeah. Can uh, do you want to introduce one of the tracks from your album? We can play it on the show. Uh, sure. Um, this it's it's still being re- like packaged to be released, but um, the, this this is about I don't know what do you want to hear. This is about my uh, I don't know what my my favorite part of the Bible. All right. There you go, and we'll set it up. Cool. I guess. And where can people find you? 
Are you on Instagram with no, the rest of the teenage I'm on girls? F- Facebook, I suppose. No, no, Twitter, like at David Hetty, I suppose. I don't do much anyway. Well, I don't like. Well, it de- it'll develop. It'll, it'll be organic. But that's you're you know, starting the, off. You're starting to get out a handle on no, this. No, I go on and off. I hate it. I don't like it at all. Social media. It's like another form of ang- anxiety. You know. <laughs> Very nervous person. I hate it. <laughs> the war's over. You know that. We can relax. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for being on the show, David. All right, Jason's a real pleasure. We'll do uh, it again. Soon. Okay, thanks, man. All right. All right. Thanks. Oh, and one more thing before I forget. April twenty fourth on Showtime, I will be performing with uh, along the side of Andrew Dice Clay. Uh, so that's April twenty fourth on Showtime. Check your local listings. It's uh, Andrew Dice Clay presents blue and uh check it out it's gonna be cool i'm excited thank you bye if i may though i'd like to read to you my favorite passage from the bible um it's about menstruation um it goes as follows um when a woman has a discharge of blood which is her regular discharge from her body she shall be in her impurity for seven days, and whoever touches her shall be unclean, and everything upon which she lies during her impurity will be unclean. Everything also upon which she sits shall be unclean, and whoever touches her bed shall wash his clothes, and whoever touches anything upon which she sits shall wash his clothes, whether it is a bed or anything upon which she sits, and it goes on and on and on and on. And that there is actually um, from a brief period after the destruction of the second temple, um, when for a, a, a brief while God was thinking of just giving it all up, and instead going into the laundering business. Um, (laughs) For the first time ever, though, I I know it's like a very sort of like cliche premise, but I actually lost a condom inside of a girl. Um, She's about sort of like 5'5", with shoulder length, brown hair. Um, So... If anyone happens to find it, uh, you can talk to Ram. Uh, he has my contact info. And no questions asked, you know. <laughs> As a man, though, it's one of my great pleasures in life to pee uh, standing up and uh, over a sitting down woman um, and into the mouth of another sitting down woman. Obviously, it would be so much you know, greater to pee into the mouth of a standing up woman, standing, being so majestic. Um, but I can no longer achieve the stream. Um, I think, though, that in order to be penetrated, I would really have to feel like this guy is so masterful. I don't know. I just feel like it's really like giving up of oneself. But I don't think that I'm willing to, to sort of concede that I feel that, I don't know, like... Like my uncle, for instance, um, he, bought a, he, he bought a cottage recently, and it's beautiful. It's the first one in our family, and it's like two stories, and it's, it's newly finished, it's lovely. And I remember the first time I saw it, just thinking like, oh, like if I could have this life, I would let you fuck me however you want, whenever you want. But still, I couldn't be like, no, like just because I can't afford a cottage at this point in my life doesn't mean that I've made all my decisions wrong. I have my pleasures, you know. <laughs> but the strangest thing was, was to, to recognize that the one thing preventing me from allowing my uncle to fuck me was my low self-esteem. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Don't kiss me on the mouth. Don't ask if you're hurting me. And if you hear the safe word, stop what you're doing immediately. Do you have pantyhose? 